0: Welcome to Machine Learning. <clears throat> out walking. And I wanna talk about a uh, AI startup company called Griffin out of San Francisco. What they realized, this is a example of a company that realized a trend in data science and then capitalized on it. And the trend was is that most data scientists actually are doing data engineering jobs which is cleaning, transforming, loading and uh, extracting data. And that process is very time consuming. The CEO said it uh, to take up to like 80% of the of the data scientist's time in just Preparing data, and then the data is uh, in various locations in CSV files, databases, spreadsheets, and they're analyzing the data. And a lot of times they're trying to figure out what the columns mean, and then that basically columns are the features. But they don't have a really good way of connecting or intersecting data, and so. Python were really struggling to do things like merging, left merge, right merge, cross product, cross merge. And uh There's all so many variations even on merge. I remember taking a data camp course on, on merging and it was incredible because there were Uh, Cases where there's missing data and how it would handle the missing data or the records where it was returning back uh, data on the merge uh, to handle these special cases. And uh, um, there's also how to handle the... Data once you have it in a, a joint where there, there isn't data there, it's not a time, not a date, not a number, or just missing data, and so that kind of analysis has to uh, be accounted for in the data engineering job. I just finished a course on uh, PySpark or Spark, and uh, that's working on the Hive or cluster you're creating tables and then in those tables you're adding columns and you're transforming data into those columns and dropping uh, the old columns so you might uh, be splitting the data and then passing that to user-defined functions and those user-defined functions then are transforming the data and then you're storing it back into into the data frame and the data frame then is as being used as uh, uh, partitions so it's been partitioned off and then you can use caching against them and so forth to improve efficiency so if you're dealing with data that's say billions of rows and everything is in this residual data format this RDD format then you want to move to a um, data frame But the problem with the data frame is partitioning and concurrency, so you have tasks that are running that are handling different parts of those partitions. Each cluster is handling different parts of the partitions so the data can be stored on various machines and it's being extracted uh, in parallel. And so when you're adding data, you will need to have a monotonically increasing ID and so you use that monotonically increasing ID to handle the problem of, of parallel partitioning. Well those are some interesting concepts to have learned and then you know using regular SQL to extract the data. I really, I really like that about uh PySpark is being able to get Data in the form of an SQL statement, and then getting that data to a machine learning pipeline, like a Keras pipeline, where you can then put that into a deep learning network, an LSTM, or just dense network, convolutional neural net, etc. There's different uh, types that you would want to be able to handle the data, and then improving that efficiency so that you're getting results that uh, really matter. So, um, when you look at uh, Riffin's approach, I think that uh, they, they were pretty smart in the, their focus. But he does state that they don't really go into the pipeline. So, um, they did a least square analysis to find correlation, and then they look at correlation between uh, different variables, and they look at that least square error, and uh, and they're kind of looking at things from a statistical standpoint, or maybe an applied statistic standpoint, and as a result, they can see, you know, what uh, features or variables are contributing to their uh, to their output or performance, and then that uh, performance is helpful because it. Uh, Uh, allows them to improve the output so they're they're working on scale and so that scale is giving them that profit margin so by improving the things like for example one where they were working with yeast yield and they were converting uh, I think they were converting a sugar into another uh, chemical and as a result they wanted to maximize that so they we're looking at pH and um, something else and temperature. And what they found out is if they were looking at the data the old way, they would have concluded that maybe uh, a certain strain variation sample was the highest performing, but then they looked at it using their pipeline where they were collecting more data and they could see that temperature was affecting the output and that was a big factor because there was variation in the different samples on the temperature and they were measuring that or gathering that data and they could now measure it using their tool so the conclusion is is it gave them better visibility they're working in that uh, pipeline and they would be able to gather the information into a central area on a platform and then people that new chemists that were coming in could uh, look at the, the platform at what was being analyzed, the data that's collected in the samples, and then look for optimal performance. Then the company taking those optimal performance analysis can adjust their processes. Those are really important. Um, let me just see. Okay, so um, what I I, I looked at some of my notes, it says Riffin solves the data fragmentation problem helping to make data more effective. Data scientists uh, spend 80% of their time cleaning up data and not discovering patterns. Data scientists spend a lot of their time analyzing spreadsheets trying to identify what the features mean. The cost of research and development is staggering. We don't know a lot about biology and chemistry, and getting more data will improve our understanding. Riffin finds unexpected relationships in the data. Riffin understand, uncovers defects in data discovery. It takes about 10 years for a chemist to become proficient in chemistry. Machine learning can speed up the learning and proficiency. Lois in the data causes misalcantilism. That's what the CEO wanted to really emphasize, is it wasn't that the data was missing, it was that there was too much noise in the data, and so it was, it was drowning out uh, some of these patterns that were really valuable uh, to production. Griffin operates in recipe-driven environments. What he means by that is uh, manufacturing where you have certain combinations of features you don't vary a lot of the raw substance and resources that go into being transformed into a product but the product takes various shapes and forms and quantities so it is a recipe and those type of recipe uh, environments is where it's thriving really well uh, data, Riffin creates data environments or data collection steps joins the data between each of the steps. The data is annotated and tagged for each step. The annotation is searchable. And so you know which volume, which collection uh, performed best. And so you can trace that back to the actual data and then run that through visualization to uh, analyze the data to see if, if the conclusions being drawn from it are correct. User can then download the collected data into a CSV, fit to least squares is used to determine maximum yield. And that It's uh, becoming a very uh, powerful option. One of the things of quantum computing is it's use of the qubit. So you have 0, 1, and 0 and 1 together, the qubit. And so when you look at binary operations, a lot of times you're flipping bits like you're either doing an AND where you got... You're taking two bits and if they're on, then it becomes on. You're doing an or, an X or, a not or. Um, and these digital bits are provide gates and so the electricity flows over these different gates and these sequences then can be <coughs> um, formed into grammars and then words And then they can be processed, the words can be processed on the microcode, and then the microcode can be stored in memory, and then you can do jumps and for loops and if statements. So the logic world that we know it at the high level is made possible at the low level by the binary. Now you come along with qubit and it can do more operations um, faster because it's It's uh, the different states of the qubit are represented. And so you can condense down the number of operations required to do a particular task. And these are significant reductions, like in the orders of magnitude, they would take like the length of the, or time in the molecules in the universe, counting every one of them, maybe in terms of years to do some of these calculations. But it, uh, it, it does offer to present some interesting jumps forward in storage and uh, possibility of faster com- solutions for algorithms which will translate into real world applications.